This is Defiance County Economic Development's Working It podcast, where we take a behind-the-scenes look at innovative companies located right here in our great county. They're working hard to make dynamic products and services for the nation and the world. Along with today's special guest, here's your host, Erica Willitzer. Thanks for joining us for the Working It podcast. I can't believe it is 2024. This is our first podcast of the year, and I'm so glad to have Defiance College here to start us off. I have Dr. Mankey, the president, Dr. Taylor, and they are going to give us quick introductions of how long they've been at the college, what their role entails, and we'll start with Dr. Taylor. Um, yes, yeah, so my name is Dr. Jeremy Taylor. I am, uh, I've been at Defiance College for about 10 years. Uh, started off as a history professor, and now I get the pleasure of serving as the vice president for enrollment management, overseeing admissions, financial aid, marketing, and conferences and events. <laughs> that sounds like a lot. <laughs> It's good work, though. It's fun work. I bet, yes. And then Dr. Mankey. Thank you, Erica. I've been at the college since 2016. I'm the 19th president. And, you know, I grew up in the area. I grew up in Tiffin and went to Ohio Northern University, moved away, so most recently came here from Buffalo, New York. So the weather that we've had here recently, not a big deal. Yeah, I was going to (laughs) say. I'm from Texas, so it is a problem. (laughs) Well, let's talk about that real quick. So you're from Texas. What made you want to come to Ohio? Well, after I graduated with my PhD, I started looking around at different schools. And when I came to Defiance College, I knew this was the place I wanted to be. And like living in the town, living in the community, been here. My kids grew up here. It's just yeah. So now, even though I say I'm from Texas, I am I, I'm an Ohio resident. I live in Ohio. I'm a defiant. I guess a defiancer. I don't know. I a like defiant site. Yeah, I don't ooh, know. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're glad that you you know you found defiance and now you're part of defiance. And I love those stories because you know it's during a time when a lot of people you know we hear over and over again where our youth are leaving our area and we want to make sure that we're recruiting people and people are staying here and and they enjoy it so thank you for making that move and staying for as long as you have that's awesome you know we were talking about off air about some amazing stories the impact that defiance college has had and I think that these are some stories that just happen on a regular basis, and we probably all take it for granted, but there are some amazing stories of how students are um, being led through your curriculum and really given some amazing opportunities. So let's talk about some of those where uh, they come to mind. Dr. Taylor? Yeah. So one story that comes to mind is uh, we have a student now that's complete, that just finished their first semester at the college, and uh I actually met this student at his graduate. Well, I've known the student since he was a little kid. My kids grew up with him. Had no plans to go to college whatsoever. Didn't realize that college was going to be an option for him. And at his graduation party, I started asking, what are you going to do? You know, what are you doing next year? And he said, well, I'm just going to go in the workforce. And I was like, well, what about Defiance College? And so we started talking. Um, he ended up applying, got a great financial aid packet, like because he, he didn't realize it was going to be affordable. Came to Defiance, just thrive, is thriving, and now made the dean's list his first semester. So as a kid that, although Defiance College is right here in the community, right on his doorstep, he didn't think that it was an option, discovered Defiance, and now it's just thriving and is, and, and is on pace to have a great career. 
That is a story that needs to be needs to be repeated and repeated because I think that that a lot of people when you say private versus public, people think that it's not affordable, but that's just Absolutely. not true, right? Any other stories come to mind, Dr. Mankey? Well, how about the end uh, an end game story? So Ooh. last year we had a student who graduated. He had five acceptances to med school, and that was his lifelong dream to go to med school. He did everything possible as a student. He started a men's chorus. You know, he said to the director, I'd like to have a men's chorus in the spring semester. And so they did. He participated in everything. But five acceptances to men's school coming out of Defiance College. And he settled in at one of them. And he is thriving and doing exactly what he set out to do. And at the college, because we're small enough, had the opportunity to participate in all sorts of student activities, even through the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, which was rough. And we're not going to talk about that anymore. <laughs> but what what the pandemic has done, it's really made us like shift in what how we're, we're, we're doing things. And not only that, like, I, I'm hearing this, this momentum. I, I don't think you can hear momentum, but I hear momentum coming out of Defiance College. And I, I want to know, and I think everybody else wants to know all the amazing things that are happening because you guys are truly redefining things. So I'm going to, I don't know who wants to take that question, but what does that look like? What are you guys doing? Because I think the community wants to hear what you guys are doing because I know there's a, so many people that love Defiance College. Absolutely, there are. We knew coming out of the pandemic that we, and all institutions of higher education, every institution and organization and business was going to have to look different. And one of the things that we knew we needed to do was redefine ourselves. We don't believe that everybody needs a college education, but we also believe that college education is important for those who strive to have one, have the aptitude and the and the ability to go to college. So we're trying to make that more affordable. We're trying to be accessible. We have greatly strengthened our academic options and we have athletic options. So we've made some changes there. One of the ways to keep it affordable, of course, is to reduce tuition. And we announced a reduction for fall 2024 tuition this year. What we also know is we can compete with public institutions around the state and in the area because what our endowment allows us to do is offer financial aid to students who either have need and or academic ability. Now, with our new model of athletics, the NAIA will be able to offer athletic scholarships too. So we just want students to have the great Defiance College experience, which is, we believe, transformative, and transformative in a way that helps the student see that potential that they may know they have deep inside, but let somebody help them pull that out so that they can realize that potential and then just keep building on it through a career. You had talked, Dr. Taylor, about a, a metric that is a, a, was like floored me um, about your enrollment. Let's talk about that. Yeah, I mean, there's exciting things going on at Defiance College at, at midterm, which is our spring semester. This year, we brought in the largest class since 1984. We brought in quite a few students that that you know decided that made the choice to come to Defiance College mid-year. Several of them were transfer students. We also brought in a lot of new freshman students. So uh, it's a really exciting time at Defiance College, and, and momentum is picking up, and students are excited about it. 
something that I, I'm seeing a shift and I want the shift to continue is that locally, that Defiance College, because we, we saw some metrics of like local schools and a lot mm. of them are going like outside of the state. And it's like, why are like I have young kids. I'm like, no, let's like let's try to look within Ohio. Look with what you know, look what we have here, the assets we have here. So as far as like I, I think it does go back to people think that it's not affordable. What does that look like for a student that is like, OK, I might consider Defiance College. You mentioned the 25 percent reduction in tuition. But how does that process look? So basically what we do is we provide institutional funding for students, but there's also federal funding and there's state funding. And so what we end up doing is one thing I I guess I need to mention is that financial aid is a very personal experience. Every student has a very different experience. But I'll, I'll give an example for a student that is that has demonstrated need. Someone whose family may think that college is just too is not affordable. Well, what we can do is we can put together a package of institutional, state, and federal financing. So let me say, let's assume that a student had like a 3.5 GPA, right? Our tuition in the fall is going to be $28,000, okay? Which is much lower, which is much lower than it was before, right? It'll be $28,000. Immediately, a student would get a $12,000 academic scholarship based on their GPA. Then if they had need, they'd be eligible to receive the federal Pell Grant, which is about $7,300. They would receive the Ohio College Opportunity Grant, which is like $4,700. So when you start combining that- Are we in the negative yet? We're close. So so a student that has need could really come to Defiance College almost for zero out of pocket or just a small amount out of pocket. And again, if you notice, I didn't even say loans yet. Yeah. Right. Particularly if they're a commuter student. So- one of the things I encourage people is that Defiance College is a viable option when it compares to community colleges, when it compares to public colleges. We put together financial packages. So money should not be the issue that a student doesn't choose Defiance College. And I would just encourage anybody to give us a shot and let us look, like and, and come in and find out what it might actually cost. That's perfect. Well, let's talk about some of the programs and why students would want to come there because of the amazing programming that you guys do have. How do you well Maybe we need to start with the liberal arts thing that people get misconstrued. I think they get it misconstrued, right? right? You are a liberal arts school. Tell us what that actually means. Right. Well, sometimes it gets confused with political ideologies. And really what liberal arts-based education is, it goes back to Greek philosophy in the 1400s, think Cicero. And it's really about having the ability to critically think so that you can be a free person because you can think and make options between multiple choices, that you understand all the options and that you can make a choice that matches your values and the facts as they present themselves. So it's really about thinking creative problem solving. You can't solve a problem unless you can think through what might be the issue and what might need to be done to address it. So in our Jacket Journey program, for instance, where all students of all majors participate, we teach the NACE competencies. So NACE is associated with career development professionals. It's their professional organization. And we talk about digital competencies. We talk about creative thinking or critical thinking and creative problem solving. We talk about ethical decision making and leadership. So it's a well-rounded education that adds what employers want to the academic discipline. So if somebody's 
coming out with a business major, they also have these other competencies. So it isn't just um, learning to use Excel, it's knowing how to look at the data to see what the data says and what might be the next best decision for a business. And, and the Jacket Journey was born and was helped, the business, local businesses helped create it, correct? Absolutely. When we were thinking about this idea for Jacket Journey, we did several focus groups and we sat down with sectors of business where we have large numbers of our students in those majors, so business, healthcare. And we sat down with those professionals. I think we did six focus groups to understand what it is that they needed. And across the sectors of business, they were saying, our students, just not defiance college students, all students just weren't ready necessarily for the social and emotional, political politics in the office, office politics. Well, I'm still not ready for that. <laughs> right? But, but we're trying to have our students be value-added by the time they... Or just be prepared for, like, what's going to be thrown at them. Absolutely. Yeah. And to be able to write clearly, to be able to present orally clearly, make a presentation to a group. And I, I must say, Dr. Taylor was part of implementing, designing and implementing Jacket Journey. So he made it fun for our students, but I'll let him tell you about how he came up with this idea to gamify Jacket Journey. And I, I, before he talks, I would just add that this year, all four of our classes, so freshman through senior, have participated or are participating in Jacket Journey. And we had a, a reception to practice social skills for the seniors um, just before, just right after um, we got back from the holiday break. They were loving it. They are understanding now the value of why they've had these four years of progressively um, pro progressive education about everything that we need to be seasoned professionals eventually. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, Jacket Journey is, is, is such a great program. It's one of those, it's a unique program. And when we made the decision to make it required for all students, that was a challenge because, again, how do you convince an 18-year-old that, hey, it's important that you work on your resume? How do you <laughs> convince an 18-year-old that it's important to work on your cover letter? So, yeah, we absolutely tried to make it fun. We made it exciting. And the way we gamified it is we actually use a mobile app. We, we, we meet students where they are. They're on, they have their phones. And uh, they earn points for attending events and participating in activities. And then we create competition based on those points. So we have individual awards, we have competitions among the sports teams, among our, our first year experience classes. The idea is really to turn it into a game so that students are learning and they're participating and not even maybe realizing that, but what they see themselves as doing is being competitive and, being, and, 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 and playing a game. So it was, yeah, it's a great experience, it's a great opportunity for our students. And it's one of those things that, again, sets us apart. It sets you apart. Now, the reason I love it is like you're meeting you're meeting people where they are, Absolutely. right? So that's that's kudos to you for doing that because I think that's what that's how they're going to get involved, right? Absolutely. So, and we use Defy to understand what each of those four years is about. Mm -hmm. So D E F I discover, explore, formulate, initiate. Nice. Very cool. Yeah. 
Well, I think that program is a huge hit. Another thing that you guys are doing, and um, it's, I mean, I'm a little selfish about it because it's going to benefit our office. Um, we are, you know, actively recruiting and uh, new companies and working with existing companies on their expansion plans. And they're always calling us saying there's a huge need for engineers. And you guys now have an engineering program. So let's talk about that. When Dr. Caldwell arrived as our Vice President for Academic Affairs and Dean of the College, we knew, and one of her goals was to strengthen academics overall, and in particular, the STEM majors, so science, technology, engineering, and math. We did not have engineering at that time. Through, though, a consortium, and you know, during the pandemic, virtual meetings, all that technology got much more usable and much more familiar. So we were able to work with, through one of those consortia, consortia to partner with the University of North Dakota to first add civil and electrical engineering. And then this fall, we added mechanical engineering. So at the forefront of engineering for Defiance College, but at a well-established engineering school at University of North Dakota, she and I were able to visit the engineering school there and the campus in general. Interesting, though larger than us, same feel of personal attention, the same sort of academic assistance with uh, difficult math courses and uh, other or other courses that are necessary in engineering. So we were very pleased with the personal attention opportunities. Now our students would participate in that support virtually because they take all of their classes, either synchronous or asynchronous. So they're either in class with the students at UND while they're in class, or it's recorded by the faculty member and then they participate when they have time to participate. It's, it's an exciting opportunity for students who have, have a life here. We've talked, uh, there have been examples of folks who are helping with the family farm. They really want to get their degree in engineering because that's that's a, a necessary uh, degree for them. And this makes it possible for them to have the best of both worlds. That's perfect. Now, as far as uh, the other programs that you have, you guys have the McMaster's program. Tell, tell me about that. Well, McMaster, Helen and Harold McMaster, established this school about 20 years ago. It's, it's a school... It, the technical name is the McMaster School for Advancing Humanity. They were fortunate enough to have many, many patents in the glass industry, and they were very generous with us and many other organizations. One of the observations they had, though, as they were able to travel the world is that there were some needs and humanity could do better. And they saw an opportunity at Defiance College to establish a school which would allow students the opportunity as undergraduates, which is highly unusual, to do undergraduate community-based research alongside a faculty member. But I'll defer to Dr. Taylor because he has been a faculty member in the McMaster School and has taken students to different countries, so he can talk uh, he can talk firsthand about it. So, yeah, with the McMaster School, what what students do is again, we're working with communities. We're working with partners over in our in, in the different areas that we're working in. So, for example, I've led um, for several years. I led a group to Tanzania each year. Um, last year, I took a group to Ghana, 
And what we do is we develop an interdisciplinary team of students that try to figure out ways that they may be able to help our community partners. So, for example, in Tanzania, we worked in a small village up on Lake Victoria. The women in this community wanted to be able to start businesses, but they didn't know how to start businesses. They didn't have access to businesses. So I had a student that wrote a project to, one, teach the women how to do business plans and how to like basically run a business. So she was going to run a seminar. But in addition, she raised like $300 and wanted to start a micro lending program so that women could borrow money so they could start up a sewing business or whatnot. She worked on this project throughout the year. As a matter of fact, we have class every week. This is very unique to Defiance College. We would actually have class at my house on Sunday afternoons and my wife would cook dinner, right? So we actually had to buy a big enough dining room table so that all these students could fit at my table. So <laughs> long story, right? But this student, so we, she worked on it all year long. We went over, we traveled over to Tanzania. We were there for about 10 days and she implemented this project. Even to this day, this program that she's implemented is still working. It's self-sustaining where these women are still creating businesses. They've like, they, they, they have this whole micro lending program. They have their own micro bank. But the most important thing for the students is it's experience that you can't beat anywhere else. So she actually ended up getting a job. She went into an interview at a nonprofit out in um, the Washington, D.C. area. She told me that they asked her, tell me about something you did in college. And she said, well, I started an international micro lending program for women. No one else can, no one can beat that experience. And the most important thing is for the student, cost is not an issue because the, the, through the endowment, it is paid for. The only thing students pay for is their passport and their medication. So again, that you talk about reasons why Defiance College, the, the exciting things that we've got going on in Defiance College, this is an exciting thing. I'm floored. I'm so floored right now. Like, I felt like you could have, like, taken the mic and dropped it right there. <laughs> no, that's, like, like that's happening in Defiance. Absolutely. Like, I don't feel like enough people know this. I feel like now that you told me that story, like I, we need we need to do more than just the podcast. We need to do something to to get the word out about Absolutely. those kinds of things because that's amazing. Absolutely, I mean that's incredible. Like you said, like she's going to get hired by a top nonprofit in the United States because of just mm -hmm. that work right alone, right? Yeah, sure. Well, and, and we have, and again, like it's not just business. We have teachers. I mean, imagine I've had students that were teachers. Tell me about a time you had it. Well, I walked into a classroom with forty six students. They only spoke Swahili. What? I had to differentiate my learning style. Like those, again, I always tell students, you're answering interview questions when you're doing these experiences, right? So like, how do we, like, how do we, like, in, so for example, we've had some issues where we bring in, there's a new company and they, they don't, they don't, the, the schools have to adjust and that's hard. I mean, I think that's where we can say, okay, reach out to Defiance College. Absolutely. They can, they can assist. So I think that that's something that we need to do more of. Um, and another thing that I want to talk to you guys about is just like, how do we get the community? I, I've noticed, um, and I've only been in this position um, a full three years. There's, there's sometimes this disconnect. It's like we drive by Defiance College, but we're not engaged with Defiance College. And so how do we get there? What do we need to do um, to get the business community, the, the community leaders? I know the community leaders are, are involved, but there's a lot of people that just are, are, don't know the asset that we have. What do we need to do to, to amp that up? Well, we want to be user friendly and we want to help the area and, and whatever those, those needs are. You and I were talking not long ago about a need that 
uh, area business had to continue a curriculum because in this world, things, especially technological things, change every day. And how do we keep up with that? How do we keep up with the learning and make sure that employees at businesses locally are up to speed about new developments? And I think those are ways that we, we could work with you, with area businesses, to, to say, do you have this sort of resource? How might you help us with this? We're happy to do that. And, you know, obviously it's more than just saying that. We'd have to work through all those things. We want to be a resource. Students certainly are our first priority, but this community is just as important to the college as the college is to the community. We have a significant multi-million dollar impact on the community. And that's because our employees are paying sales tax, they're paying income tax to the city, but also all the spending that happens when parents and students come to town, whether they're eating a meal out, staying in hotels, whatever they're doing, all of those things impact the community positively. And we also are working to reopen the doors for conferences, events. I know you've had an event on campus. It's amazing. I'm going to just, uh, I'll just kind of interrupt real quick. So we have our fall breakfast at Defiance College in the Hub Hubbard Banquet Hall. It's, I don't have to worry about anything. Like I, I normally am stressing out about our different events because of like the food and the, the, play, the, the setting up of the event and you got your team takes care of all of that. The food is always amazing. I mean, I I've had other. Um, <laughs> this is gonna sound so stupid, but I'm gonna I'm gonna just say it. I had I had my an event at a different facility, and they forgot the bacon. <laughs> I have never lived that down. Like I get, <laughs> we'll come to your event, but are you going to have, because we do a breakfast, are you going to make sure that there's bacon? That's the only way, what reason I'm actually coming. I'm like, that's the only reason you're actually coming. Are you kidding me? But anyways, I know that when I have my event at Defiance College, your team of people make sure that it's covered and I don't have to worry about that. So then I can actually focus on the things that are important. That's making sure that I'm communicating all the different programs and initiative that our office is working on. So thank you for that. And I would encourage anybody listening that if you have a need for a conference space to make sure you reach out to Defiance Absolutely. College. Yeah. Absolutely. You also have some other amazing things too. You have the art gallery. You also right. have uh, featured speakers that come in. Talk about that. We are like way over, but I was right. so like enjoying our conversation. So quickly talk about that. Well, the art gallery has exhibits, different exhibits every year. It's a beautiful space. And the public is certainly welcome to come to those exhibits. And then we have speakers that come to campus. I'll give you an example. Jan Younger has a colloquium that's named for him. He was honored by an alum with this colloquium. It's an endowment. He brings in fantastic speakers every year. And the, they're open to the general public. So, you know, it's usually announced in the paper. People are welcome to come. We'd love to have the public come. And, you know, there, there are things that people may or may not agree with. That's the whole point, though, of having a speaker is to listen to perhaps a point of view that is different than yours and an opportunity to learn. Absolutely. So one last question. What, what do you want for the future of Defiance College? And I'll have both of you answer that. I would love for Defiance College to 
to be utilized by the community. And and what I mean by that is we're not like a lot. Of, there's a misperception that defines college is just for undergraduate students, just for the traditional 18 year olds. But we can meet the educational needs of anybody at any area of their career, whether it's the undergraduate student, a traditional 18 year old, whether it's someone who decides that they want to go back to college um, and, and, and get their degree, whether it's somebody that had an associate's degree and wants to complete their bachelor's degree. We have a, a comp- all online adult completer program whether it's someone that wants to get an MBA or a master's degree in the graduate, we can meet the educational needs of anybody. And so the, and the biggest thing too, is I want people to realize that again, I can't emphasize it enough. We're affordable, right? Last year we gave out over $10 million in scholarships. A hundred percent of our students receive financial aid. So, or institutional aid. And so I want people to realize that the finance college is an option there. And so just, yeah, people come out and visit us. We're, we're open. That's right. We're open for business. Dr. Mankey, so. what, do you, what do you want for the future for Defiance College? Well, as we come into celebrating our 175th anniversary, I want us to be thriving. And that means that in all of those kinds of programs, undergrad, grad, adult completion, and just other opportunities for learning, that we have a 1,000 students or more and that we continue for another 175 years. Absolutely. And I think it's going to take our our community also to just uh, learn more about the amazing things that you guys are doing. I know our office, we are committed to shouting it out on our social media platforms. When we're in in meetings with businesses, you guys are doing some amazing work. And um, I think that just that that little nugget about your your program with the McMaster's program is incredible. How you guys have had the impact with students that maybe never ever thought about going to college. Maybe they're the first in their family to ever go to college. You guys are having a true impact and you are located right here in Defiance, Ohio, in the heart of Northwest Ohio. So thank you so much for everything you do. And I am excited to see what the future holds for Defiance College. Well, thank you for the opportunity. Erica. It's been great to visit with you today. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Find all of our Working It podcast episodes on our website, defiancecountyed.com, or your favorite podcast app like Apple, Google, or Spotify. <laughs>